This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, John Solberg here, your host for the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. And this edition is being brought to you by The Butcher Shop, purveyors of highly sought after 100% Australian non-crossbred Wivara 9 Plus Briskets. And as always, they're handpicked just for you. The Butcher Shop has been retailing the finest meats for the past 15 years. Every week they are shipping out competition quality meats to many of the biggest teams in the competition scene across the nation. Simply put, teams who use the Butcher Shop win and they win often. So you're not a competitor, but you still have an eye for the finer cuts. Great news, the Butcher Shop is shipping some of the finest prime, dry-aged Australian Wagyu and Japanese Wagyu steaks to people just like you and me who aspire to be the kings and queens of their cul-de-sacs. The Butcher Shop always has Berkshire, Compart Duroc, Allegiance Duroc, and Prairie Fresh all-natural pork in stock, and again, always handpicked just for you. Now you might be saying, John, all that sounds great, but what about some exotic stuff? Well, rest easy knowing the Butcher Shop can get you your next elk steak or camel roast. They're going to handpick it just for you, and they're going to ship it out promptly. So let's review. The best competition briskets, check. The best pork selection, absolutely giving you a better overall option to cook at home? Yes, indeed. So give The Butcher Shop a call today, 850-458-8782. That's 850-458-8782. Mention the Barbecue Central Show for 10% off your entire order each and every time. You can also interact with them on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Butcher Shop. The Butcher Shop, home of the 100% Australian non-crossbred Wylara 9 Plus Briskets. And here's what's going on in today's show. From back in September of 2012, Greg's going to catch up with Chris Hart from IQ, and they're going to talk a little Jack Daniels. Let's race over the hotline and grab Chris Hart from IQ. Chris, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. How you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous. Chris, always appreciate you making time for the show. And I guess, you know, we start with the what seems to be the obligatory congratulations for yet again making that cut going down now 11 years in a row to the Jack Daniels and if unless yeah, three, I'm three years ago feels like uh, yesterday it seems like uh, just the other day that uh, we won it but uh, it's been three years and uh, at 11 in a row now unless I'm sorely mistaken which I don't believe I am this is probably like an all-time record for for any other team going 11 years in a row correct uh, I don't know about that. And it's possible. I know that there's some international teams that have been a bunch of times. I know there's an old-time team out of the Pacific Northwest. And I definitely don't want to step on Myron Mixon's toes because he'll definitely let me know about it. But he may have been a bunch of times in a row, too. Well, so I think... I'll let someone else figure out what the records are, and I'm just going to keep cooking. All right, you keep cooking. And uh, so I'll say this. International teams don't count. Uh, secondly, I believe you and Myron were almost neck and neck, and then it was either last year or the year before. He didn't go. He's missed out on a year since you've gone, so I think you're at least one ahead of him. So in my estimation, you currently have the all-time leading record. We'll leave it at that, and the people can argue through the annals of barbecue history after the show and figure out exactly how wrong or how right I am. Um, Beautiful. I'll pull myself a jack and uh, have a little toast to that to that, that record. Absolutely. So, as you said, you won it in 2009. Many consider it to be the honor in a competition barbecue career. 
If you could take us back just a little bit, you know, what do you remember about that weekend? Some of your fondest thoughts about winning the Jack Daniels? Yeah, so the um, the way it went, what happens, what I've kind of uh, worked against when you go to the Jack Daniels, I think a lot of teams, you know, there's some teams that go out there and cook 30 contests a year. There's other teams that go in the Jack Daniels that have cooked, you know, three, four, five contests a year. And so what you need to work against is this uh, trying to um, do it extra special, right? It's trying to, um, you know, I'm going to go and find a different brisket for the Jack, or I'm going to go cook this better recipe for the Jack, and it's really hard not to do that when you're going into a field like that. And so the year that we won it, it was we just were able to kind of, you know, kind of strip all that away and just cook our program and not worry too much about it, and it just kind of all happened. Yeah, so I guess that kind of... So that was one of the best things about the Jack, is we just had a perfect cook, and there was none of the... Um, uh, you know, problems with uh, trying to figure out a secret recipe. We just did our program, and it worked that day. Chris Hart joining me here on the show. Uh, that kind of dovetails into my to my next question. Probably half answered it, but you, you get those teams um, that talk about should I change the way I cook to suit? And, and I guess from what I understand from talking to, to pitmasters over these you know five six years is that they tend to have that mindset like you were saying to to cook something different because of that lack of experience in barbecue palettes for the most part in the judging tent not all of them are there's some good experienced judges that'll know good barbecue competition barbecue when they taste it but a lot of them aren't so is that Mm -hmm. what you tell the teams is just because the palette isn't there or the experience isn't there don't go changing everything wholesale yeah, I would recommend not. I mean, and I think that's true with most, lots of contests every single week. I mean, you go cook some contest in the field in New Hampshire or Maryland or South Carolina, and you're going to get a whole bunch of people that really don't know a lot about barbecue at those contests, too. So if you got yourself to the jack, you, you probably have figured out already how to uh, please a diverse crowd. Please, you know, you got to be able to, you know, you have a table, and there's Paul Kirk, and there's the weather uh, lady at the same table. And so how do you please both of those people? Someone that's maybe looking for something traditional, not oversauced, uh, and then someone else that's looking for kind of apples, apples, these type kind of falling off the bone sweet. So how do you get something that both of those people like? And I think a lot of teams are successful. Find a way to, to please a diverse group of people. And uh, that's what you have at the Jack Daniels for sure. Chris, we hit this question last year. I just want to refresh it a little bit for people that might have not heard the answer or, or haven't really listened to the show in past archives. But there are some teams that are down there for the very first time. And quite honestly, because of how it's structured and, and how you have to get in, unless you win your seven in a row or unless you win your seven to get the automatic, you might never get back. You could go once and never get back, just like uh, you know the World Series or the Super Bowl or whatever. How do yep. teams balance enjoying the experience making sure that they're giving themselves all the chances to enjoy, you know, the holler and Lynchburg and all that other stuff, but also giving themselves the best chance at turning in the best food. Got to have a good plan in place, right? Yeah, you absolutely have to have a good plan. And uh, the year we won, we had a plan. We had a, you know, at 5 o'clock, we're going to go up on the hill, and, you know, at 2 o'clock, we're going to prep our butts. And we kind of followed it, which is a little bit out of character for us, uh, honestly. We kind of we rolled it a little bit. But, um, 
you got to have a plan. You got to give yourself plenty of time. You know, if you if you feel like that might be your one shot to get there, is you should show up on Thursday morning. You know, you should uh, walk around the town. You should uh, take a distillery tour. You should go to Miss Mary Bobo's and kind of get a lot of that stuff out of the way on Thursday, so that you're well kind of well rested and focused on Friday and start cooking. The 2012 draw went off uh, this past Friday, and obviously it looks like another great field of American teams that will be taking part in there. And I suppose it's easy to say that the teams who have won their seven to get those auto bids should be the favorites. You know, As you reviewed the list that was coming in through Brethren or however you were getting it, were there any teams that really jump out at you as like, wow, they really have a good shot of winning this year? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there, there was a lot of interesting teams. Some of them were already, a lot of the teams on my, like, highlight list were already kind of automatics and in. Um, I noted, uh, you know, Three Eyes has had uh, an unbelievable season, and, for, you know, they're in first place for uh, Team of the Year. Uh, Lakeside, who we go up against um, in New England every weekend, probably if you did the math on uh, the number of contests, one versus the number of contests cooked. They're very, very high up there. They win a lot of the contests they cook. So Lakeside is another team that uh, was kind of autoed in. I'm interested to see um, Harry Sue is uh, making it out. He's had a variety of, uh, of passes at trying to get into the jack, and he made it this year. It'll be interesting to see how those West Coast flavors uh, play in Lynchburg. Um, who else? Uh, old friend Gary Howard from the Smoke Ring. Uh, he's back in. He's he used to cook that event regularly in the early 2000s, and uh, he's back in in the mix. Uh, Qiao, returning champion. Um, Smoking Hogs, returning champion. Johnny Trigg, returning champion. So there's a lot of really cool teams in the mix here. Does it ultimately come down to? cooking well or 60% cooking well, and then the other half getting on good tables in the end? Find out what Chris had to say over at thebbqcentralshow.com. Link in today's show notes will take you to this complete episode. This is a great show. You want to go give that a listen. I'm always reminded that the competition side of the Barbecue Central show is big, always has been big, and it has evolved over years. But I love to go back and listen to these, these stories that I've never been to the Jack, and I would get to him, feel like I was at the Jack, and I'd be all, now I'm getting all reminiscent, and, and anyway, I love it. So, hey, thank you so much for listening. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.